1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match, limited by state law. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring.
2: Hey, you didn't get bored by okay, one thing the game needs
1: is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown man, run around tight pants.
2: It's Mookie Betts. Daniel Bard. Steve Aoki. Jared Saltalamacchia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball, is baseball. baseball isn't boring. Welcome to baseball
1: isn't boring.
2: What's up, y'all? Welcome to WBC Central, a Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. Episode number one. This is super exciting. Welcome. This is the first podcast I've ever hosted, so we'll see how this goes. Um, But yeah, so WBC Central, under the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast network, WBC World Baseball Classic. We're going to talk about all things, everything, and anything World Baseball Classic and international baseball related. So uh, hopefully you're here for that. Um, we'll cover other storylines in baseball as well as the uh, as the episodes uh, go on and we get closer to March. Um, but it's going to be a uh, a wild ride up to up to the tournament. So, yeah, welcome. My name is Sean Spradling. I kind of started content creation posting on Twitter and TikTok um, over the last couple months. Mostly Twitter started out um, and uh, just cover everything related to the World Baseball Classic. So, yeah, today we're mostly just going to go with an overview of uh, kind of how this podcast started, as well as an overview of the WBC. Um, so, yeah, first, I guess we'll start out with the World Baseball Classic. So the World Baseball Classic, for those that don't know, if you are new to this tournament, it is a World Cup. It is the World Cup for baseball. For professional baseball. So, if if you've ever watched the World Cup uh, this last year, uh, super entertaining, super exciting. This is baseball's version of that. The World Baseball Classic has been in place since 2006. So, this is the fifth edition of the WBC. 2006, 2009, 2013, and 2017. It got delayed a couple of years. It was supposed to be, I believe, 2020 or 2021 got delayed because of COVID until 2023. So it's in, in this upcoming March, uh, March 8th through the 21st. Um, yeah, so I, we'll, we'll, we'll cover everything about the, the, the tournament. We're going to do like player breakdowns and team breakdowns, roster updates, and uh, player highlights. Hopefully some interviews, we'll do some q and um, I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Excited to hear what y'all think of this podcast. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's the World Baseball Classic. There are 20 teams. Um, if, if you go down the list there, it's broken up into four pools. We got pool A, B, C, and D. A is Taiwan, Taiwan or Chinese Taipei, uh, Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Panama. That is in Taiwan, that pool. Uh, pool B is in Tokyo, Japan. You got Japan, Korea, Australia, China, and Czech Republic. Pool C in Phoenix, Arizona is USA, Mexico, Colombia, Canada, Great Britain. Pool D, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, Israel, and Nicaragua. That is in Miami, Florida. The semifinals are in Japan and Florida, and then the quarter, uh, sorry, the quarterfinals. The semifinals and the finals that is in uh, all in Miami. So mostly in Miami, a lot in Tokyo as well. But yeah, I am super excited for this podcast. Honestly, it's just been such a whirlwind of uh, learning, uh, just getting to know so many of y'all. This is uh, through my Twitter account. Honestly, the WBC community has has grown uh, exponentially all over Twitter. Uh, there's like a Facebook group and um, uh, in the international baseball Reddit page as well. So yeah, it's been a ton of fun. Excited to cover it with y'all. Um, I thought I would do just kind of a rundown of how this all started, this podcast and, and all of my content. So... It all started on Twitter uh, when the MLB officially announced that the WBC was going to be happening in 2023. The announcement was last summer, I think around June or so is when they officially announced it. Um, there was a lot of hype for maybe two or three days on Twitter talking about the WBC um, with fans, baseball, the, the baseball world getting uh, amped up for, for it in, in the following year. Uh, but then after like a day or two, it kind of just died off and, and it uh, no one was really talking about it again. I watched the WBC in 2017 and I thought it was an absolute blast. I think that, again, we'll go into this further in detail, but I think that the WBC and international baseball competitions are the best brand of baseball uh, out there. Just getting to see players and teams, uh, just see like the players represent their country with so much pride and honor and passion and uh and respect and it's just so different from playing for like an an mlb club or or your local club whatever uh country or league that is uh in your country because i know that we have some listeners from japan and a couple from like cuba and uh puerto rico dominican republic so yeah, I, I watched it in 2017. Absolutely loved the WBC. I uh, didn't get to watch it in 2013 as much. I followed it, but I was—I mean, I was in high school at the time, so I was playing baseball myself. I <laughs> uh, didn't get to watch it too much. But um, with the 2023 WBC, there was no information at all uh, from any reporters or any uh, analysts. The only really uh, like Twitter accounts that would post about the WBC all last year were JP Morosi and uh, Hector Gomez for the Dominican Republic team. JP Morosi kind of covers the whole tournament and that's, that's his thing. So other than that, there was no roster information, no info on teams or players that were going to be in the tournament or rules. Um, So, I kind of just started doing my own independent research, um, finding out what teams could look like, rosters, and uh, the way that uh, players and rosters could be constructed for the WBC. Um, I started making dream team graphics, I'm not sure if y'all have seen those, I'm sure a lot of you have on Twitter, but um, I would make a graphic, and I'll put these on the screen for those watching on YouTube. But I would make a graphic and put like a baseball diamond on there and show all of the eligible players for every country in the WBC so that we could get a a picture, a better understanding of what every team could look like uh, anticipating the classic next year. Uh, and those were kind of a hit on Twitter. People really like to see the what the different teams could look like. Uh, I had some people reach out to ask me to do all 20 teams. I got to do most of the teams, but then that eventually turned into actual preliminary roster updates for like team graphics. So now that's what I do on Twitter is I, uh, I post daily WBC news and roster updates. Um, Anytime that a player will commit or a team will announce some information uh, about the rosters or about, uh, I don't know, uniform or merch updates, like whatever. I just post everything about the WBC and a big part of that is the team graphics, the the preliminary roster graphics. So it's been a wild ride. um, A lot... Has happened in in the last couple months leading up to the classic, and we still got a long way to go. Um, Starts in in March, but it's coming up pretty quickly. So excited for for that to come, and the like I said, the community that's been created on on Twitter um, has just been the best part of this. The coolest thing about the WBC. Is the diversity of cultures and peoples that we get to see um, come together and, and the different styles of baseball from all around the world. Because we in the US, we know the MLB and we might know the way the Dominican players play or like Puerto Ricans play. But when they're playing for their country, and you see the Japanese team play together, or you see the Korean team get to unite and play at their style of baseball, um, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, um, Cubans—it's—it is just so much fun to watch and it's the same way with with the fan bases on twitter it's so cool to see the passion and intensity coming from all the different fan bases from each country and to see everybody kind of come together and see like japanese fans uh talking about the classic with dominican fans and canadian fans talking with cuban fans um Yeah, it's been a blast. So excited for that to continue. I think the next thing, a couple different things I wanted to talk about for this first episode, something that I wanted to touch on since we're kind of leaving this as an overview of the tournament. We'll go much more in detail, but I wanted to talk about five reasons why this World Baseball Classic is unprecedented compared to previous WBCs. I got 5 reasons. And I'd love to hear from y'all what your what you think is the best part of this WBC, why it's so different because it, it it's so much more hyped up than than past WBCs. I got 5 reasons. Number 1. Mike Trout. Mike Trout is playing in the World Baseball Classic for the first time in his career. If you listen to him in some interviews he did uh he did regret not playing in 2017 um he just thought it wasn't the right time for him in the place that he was in in his career um but then looking back he kind of wishes he would have played been a part of that team but he gets to play in 2023 and the reason why I think that that's one of the most uh I guess impactful Parts of this tournament, and why I think that's part of why this WBC is unprecedented, is because of the impact that he makes on the other players, especially on Team USA. When Mike Trout committed, and you'll hear Mark DeRosa talk about this in his interviews as well. He's the uh, the manager for the uh, for Team USA in the WBC. When Mike Trout committed. It was just a ripple effect of players after that. After him, you saw Mookie Betts commit and Bryce Harper commit, who isn't able to play because of his surgery, but he was previously committed. Uh, you have Clayton Kershaw playing. You have both of the Cardinals corner infielders who played in 2017, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado playing. Um, they, uh, Trey Turner came after Mike Trout. And it's all a testament to the kind of player and person that Mike Trout is. Everybody wants to play with him. Everybody wants to play with the GOAT um, to be able to say that you're on the same team and uh, probably just to pick his brain as well. I'd love to be in the in the dugout with him just to learn from that baseball mind. But having the best players in baseball in this tournament, it makes it so much more legit than it was in the past, I think. And Mike Trout's such a big uh, part of that. Number two, the second reason why I think this is an unprecedented WBC is because of Team Cuba. Cuban uh, MLB players, players that were born in Cuba, who either defected or were able to come over to the US to play in affiliated ball, have never been able to join Team Cuba in the WBC to play for the national team. This is the first time in history that they've been allowed to do that. And we see... So there was... On both sides, on the Cuban side and the U.S. side, there were barriers to allowing them to play. The U.S. has finally passed a license to allow MLB Cuban players to play for the national team. And on the Cuban side, Team Cuba is allowing MLB players to join their team with still a lot of... uh, a lot of barriers to that, and there's so so much politics involved that we don't see all of the the Cubans uh, playing in the WBC. A lot of them don't want to. They've had horrible, very hard um, journeys to come over to the U.S. to, to be able to defect or uh, to 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 find uh, a life in the U.S. So uh, we're not seeing a lot of cuban mlb players but we are seeing some and that's the first time ever in in wbc history and in cuban national team history so uh, a couple of the highlight names we got luis robert and you have um you have uh, Juan Mancada. those are a couple of the the big guys that are on uh, cuba's team from the uh from the mlb so it's going to be a stronger Team Cuba team than we've had in the past. They actually have had pretty good success in the WBC, even without MLB players or affiliated players. So um, it's not like they've needed them per se, but it makes them so much stronger. Um, you're not going to see guys like uh, Jose Abreu or Jordan Alvarez or Ryzel Iglesias or Roldus Chapman. Those guys are, uh, or, or like Yuli Guriel. They're not going to want to play even if they were allowed back, but um, got a couple guys. So that's, that's point number two, point number three, team Japan and Korea are both strengthening their team to the absolute maximum um, stronger than they've ever, they ever have in the past. The reason for that, or should I say the way that they're doing that is for the first time again in history. The reason why it's unprecedented is because both of those teams, respectively, are adding a uh, non-Japanese and non-Korean citizen to their WBC roster, to their national team. Samurai Japan has never had a need or had a, uh, had a player on their roster from, uh, that is not a Japanese citizen. But we have Lars Nutbar on Team Samurai Japan, whose mom is from Japan, but he is not a Japanese citizen. And same with Tommy Edmund, who his mom is Korean, but he is not a Korean citizen. He's been added to Korea's final roster. So the reason for that is because, again, they've never had a reason to. They don't need to add these players. They have very, very strong domestic leagues. The NPB is probably the second best and the KBO the third best professional league in the world, right behind the MLB. But when you see guys commit like Mike Trout and like Mookie Betts and Clayton Kershaw and Sandy Alcantara, Jose, uh, Jose Altuve and Jose Abreu, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Jose Altuve and um, all the Dominican guys, uh, Juan Soto. That's who I was thinking of. You're going to want to bring the very best team that you can, and adding guys like Lars Nubar and Tommy Edman strengthens your team. They have MLB experience; they're both very solid players in their own right. Uh, Lars Nubar will probably start in center field for Samurai Japan, and uh, Tommy Edman at second base for Korea. So, again, unprecedented. These things have never happened, and there's a long history of Japanese uh, national team history. So, yeah, number that's number three. Number four reason why this is unprecedented, an uh, unprecedented WBC is the Dominican Republic's pitching staff. You, their offense has always been good. In the WBC, they've they've always brought incredible lineups. They have. Um, They have mashers all throughout the lineup. You got, for for every tournament, pretty much, they've, they've had a strong offense. The difference, though, this year is their pitching. If you look at their pitching staff, both the starting rotation and the bullpen, it's maybe the best, probably the best pitching staff in the tournament of any country, right up there with Japan and probably ahead of the U.S., the pitching rotation—you have guys like Sandy Alcantara and uh, Christian Javier, Framber Valdez, Luis Castillo. It is all stars throughout the entire Cy Young winners throughout the entire rotation. In the bullpen, you have Sir Anthony Dominguez and um, and Brian Abreu. You, you got uh, Camilo Duval and Johan Duran. It's uh, it, it, there's going to be <laughs> no opportunity for offenses in the WBC to hit. Uh, to string some hits together. It's, it's too stacked. And that's why I, I think that people are so hyped up on this team is they see the offense. Awesome. Like people love this lineup. You got uh, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, uh, probably Starling Marte, unless he's out for uh, injury. Um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Julio, uh, Julio Rodriguez, um, J-Ram. It's a a ridiculous lineup. I think the US lineup is just as good, but the pitching is much better. Um, That's going to be maybe the best team we've ever seen in the WBC, assuming that everybody's able to play. So rightfully so, people are hyped up on this team. I think it's maybe the best team we've ever seen in the WBC. And the last reason, the fifth reason why this is not an, an unprecedented WBC is because there are three newly qualified teams that, have, that we've never seen in the World Baseball Classic. And that is a testament to how much baseball is growing around the world. The three teams that have never played in the WBC um, that we're going to see that were able to qualify last, uh, last September and early October, I believe. They've never qualified before. They're new to the tournament. You got Great Britain, Czech Republic, and Nicaragua. Um, I'm so excited for these teams. Great Britain is a super, super fun team because they not only have British-born players and uh, American players of British descent, but they have uh, Bahamian players and players from like the British Virgin Islands. So for example, Jazz might play. He was originally committed, might not now because he's changing positions. He'll probably play more center field this year. Um, But he was supposed to play in the WBC. He's born in Bahamas for the Great Britain. Um, so that team's super super fun. Coach Drew Spencer is a, is a great guy. Um, I've talked with him a couple times on Twitter. He's super passionate and a great recruiter for Great Britain, um, finding out like every fine detail of the eligibility requirements and what players are actually eligible for Great Britain. So uh, yeah, follow him if 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 you want um, some scoops on uh, GB baseball for the Czech Republic. Uh, or I guess I'll start with Nicaragua. For Nicaragua, they are not a bad team whatsoever. They have legit MLB players. Jonathan Loizaga will be uh, one of their best pitchers, Erasmo Ramirez. He'll be uh, playing for them in the WBC. Um But they have some history for sure in, in baseball. They just haven't ever been able to make it to the WBC. So to get them, to get this opportunity to finally showcase what Nicaraguan baseball looks like on a global national, uh, stage for them is really, really cool. And I'm excited for them to, to show what that looks like. And then the Czech Republic is one of the, Coolest stories in the World Baseball Classic, and I know a lot of people will hopefully be talking about them um, as the tournament gets closer. Uh, they actually had a documentary. I recommend checking it out on YouTube that Czech Baseball just posted this morning, um, with the like a documentary showing their uh, uh, journey to the WBC to qualify for the World Baseball Classic. Uh, I think it's called Small Country, Big Dreams. It's it's awesome, <laughs> but. Yeah, so that team is super fun because very few of them are actually, I won't say very few, not all of them are the players on the Czech Republic team are like full time baseball players. A lot of them have a day job, which is crazy that like after they qualified last September for the WBC, the next morning, they like woke up super early and, and drove to their day job after qualifying for literally the Baseball World Cup. So this is going to be a crazy fun team to watch. Most of them, almost all of them play in the Czech league, uh, Czech Extraliga, Liga in, in the Czech Republic, um, which is also a very solid league. But um, they're still they're still growing for sure. So it's going to be a really fun team to watch. But yeah, those are the reasons why I think it is a unprecedented WBC. I think this is going to be easily the best, most competitive and most exciting and entertaining world baseball classic we've ever had. Um.
1: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: Instacart knows
1: nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: So feel free to follow me. I'll probably be streaming during some of the games on on YouTube or um, maybe Twitch. We'll see. But yeah. So those are the big points that I wanted to cover on the WBC. Um, To close this episode, this is just episode one, uh, kind of just an overview of the dates and deadlines for the World Baseball Classic. Um, It's going to start March 8th and the final will be uh, March 21st. So it's about two weeks. The maximum amount of games it can take to make it from the pool round, the pool stage to the championship or the final is only seven games. So it's not that many because it's only a single elimination after the pool round. Um, but yeah, so we, I already talked about the pool A, B, C, and D. Only seven games at most, but it'll be in in those two weeks. Um, the other deadline that's important to know is final rosters for the WBC are due February 7th. It's not been announced anywhere officially but I've reached out to like federations myself and a couple um, different uh, international reporters have have posted this deadline. So final official rosters are 30 men. Uh, It'll be a 30-man roster with a taxi squad of, I believe, eight players, but only two of those players are able to actually sub into the tournament at any time. Um, So 30 men. Right now, they're working with a 50-man preliminary roster. So if you've seen my roster graphics, it's up to 50-man. Some countries like Japan and Korea have already narrowed it down to 30. Cuba as well but it's not necessary or like required until February 7th. I believe that pitchers and catchers for the WBC report around that same time, either a couple days before or after the 7th. And then the actual rosters will be announced soon after that, probably like the 9th or so. Um, And then, yeah, from then on the rest of February is mostly just training camp, like a spring training, but with the national team camps. So um, from there, they'll just prepare. Each team and country will be will be preparing for the WBC in March, and then the the real fun starts uh, March 8th. So, yeah, this is super fun. This is only episode one, so we have a lot of uh, content to cover. I'm going to be able to cover all 20 teams, um, hopefully, on this podcast. I'll be doing player highlights and spotlights, Um, hopefully some interviews with some personnel close to the WBC, Um, maybe even some players and coaches, we'll see. Hopefully. Um, I'm going to do some Q&A as well. I'm not sure if we'll do that through um, just Twitter or my email. I might make a new email for this, uh, for this podcast. But for now, be on the lookout. If you haven't followed me on Twitter um, and you want to ask some questions, I'm going to do some Q&A through there initially. My Twitter is at Sean underscore Spradling. So S-H-A-W-N underscore S-P-R-A-D-L-I-N-G. I'll post some threads of like uh, giving you opportunity to ask any questions about the WBC that you have or just baseball in general or not baseball. (laughs) We can talk about anything that y'all want to. So, yep, we'll do some Q&A next time. Uh, Please let me know any feedback. If y'all want to DM me on Twitter or uh, TikTok, check out my TikTok at Sean Spradling. Any feedback that you have, any content that y'all want to see, please let me know. I would love to uh, uh, cover whatever y'all want to see. So lastly, the last thing I wanted to mention for this uh, first episode, I just wanted to thank a couple people. First, Rob Bradford for reaching out uh, with the Baseball Isn't Boring team and just everybody involved with Baseball Isn't Boring. Um, This is super cool. I know a lot of you have been a lot of uh, you listeners have been waiting for a podcast or some like sort of YouTube channel. So I probably wouldn't have been able to make a podcast myself uh, without the support of these guys. So I'm, I'm really, really appreciative of them allowing me this opportunity to do this. Um, and then just to thank you followers on Twitter, um, the whole reason why I'm covering the World Baseball Classic is because y'all want me to. Um, I I absolutely love this tournament just to see the players get to represent their countries and show uh, exhibit this, this passion. Um, again, it's my favorite brand of baseball. So the fact that other people care about it the way that I do. Um, is really encouraging. And I hope that, uh, that this content brings you value. We can continue this podcast all the way up until the World Baseball Classic and after. Uh, I don't plan to stop when the World Baseball Classic hits. Um, we're going to continue international baseball coverage after that. So again, let me know if you need anything, any questions that you have or anything that you want me to cover. I am happy to uh, hear your feedback. But yeah, that does it for episode one of, M- uh, of WBC Central a baseball isn't boring podcast. So yeah, I will see you on episode two. T-Mobile
1: has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.